Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Man, it's so good to be together today. So good to be together. How many of you are enjoying our fall? I don't know about you, but the last three weeks have probably been some of the most perfect weather. We've been out watching football games and flag football and hanging out at weddings, and it has just been so beautiful to get to enjoy. How many of you know cold is coming? I know. I'm sorry. Some of you are excited. Some of you hate it. I'm in the hate category. I don't love the cold, but I am so grateful that we get to live here in the state of Idaho and just enjoy the beauty of God's creation. We've had a lot of things going on this fall. For those of you that are involved in in small groups, man, what an awesome time. I've been gathering together with a bunch of guys on Monday night. We've been walking through the book of James together and just learning and growing. I know there's a number of other small groups that are gathering and just spending time together. We need each other. Amen. And so I want to encourage you, even if you are like, well, I haven't got into one, just jump into a small group. They're online. You can jump in and uh, get into some fellowship with some people around you. It's a great place to grow in God's Word. But even more than that, it's a great place to grow in community and life together. And we discovered this on Monday night. Man, we just need each other's perspective when it comes to the Word of God. There's something really beautiful that happens when we gather together and discuss the Word of God together. Everybody with me this morning? Come on now. Such a great place. It's actually how the early church started, and so we just want to model that in our times together. I also want to give a, just a huge shout-out this morning to our team that went down to BSU and raising money for our student ministries. They were there super late. I said this early, but they were there super late last night, and many of them were here this morning involved in areas of ministry and serving in the house. Can we give them a hand this morning, those that were down there serving and providing for our students? It's awesome stuff. Well, today we're going to jump into a new series, and this series is going to take about the next five to six weeks for us. It's entitled The Blessed Life, and I'll get to that here in just a second. But I really believe that the messages that we're about ready to go through as a church family are critical for us. And this is not just my belief, but it's the heart of our eldership as well as we get ready to navigate just into the months that are ahead of us. And, and as an eldership and a pastoral team, our responsibility and really our privilege is to help our church be equipped for a godly life, to help you and your family and the people you're doing life with to be equipped for the journey that's ahead of us and, and to give access and, and biblical truth and resources to you so that you can live a Jesus-shaped life, right, so that we can walk in the image of Christ in the world that we live in today. How many of you know that's the responsibility of pastors and elders in our life? Amen? And, and I want to give you just a, a real quick example of, of what that looks like in our life because how many of you know preparation is important? Some of you don't believe me. Preparation is important. How many of you know that the time to learn how to change a tire is not in this moment right here? Can we bring this up? How many of you know that's not the moment you want to learn how to change a tire in? Anybody with me? 100 miles away from home, out the side of the interstate with it raining. That's a bad spot to learn in. How many of you know this is a better picture of when it's a good time to learn? In your driveway, nice warm summer day, you've got somebody there who knows what they're doing and they're helping you with the process. How many of you would agree that's a better way to prepare for a bad situation? 
So here's the challenge for many of us that oftentimes when it comes to our Christian faith in our life, we are super comfortable with just learning in the moment. And can I tell you, there's a better way. And that's why we gather together in these moments to be in the presence of God, to pray for one another, to learn and to grow and to prepare ourselves for the things that are coming down the road of our life. And so our pastors and our elders team, we pray and we seek God and we ask Him to give us direction on how best to position our church family for the seasons that are ahead. And I don't know about you, but I have, I so enjoyed the last three weeks that we got to have with Ben Boast and he talked with us about mental health and the process and preparation for it. How many of you know it's good to, to get some preparation in that area before you have a conversation with somebody who's really wrestling with some mental health issues or before you begin to process through that in your life? Amen? And that's really what this next series is going to be. It's a preparation space. And I, I want to preface that by saying that I'm so, so grateful for the church family that we have. We're going to focus in a series here that's going to talk about generosity it's going to talk about our time, talent, and treasure and how we utilize that to be a blessing to one another. Today, I want to kind of set that a tone for that as we get ready for these next five to six weeks together. But I want to prepare you because I believe that there's some things coming down the pipe for us as a nation and possibly even here in the Treasure Valley and in your own life that's going to require of us a greater attention to the need of the people that are around us. And I want to prepare you in such a way that, that as we get into those moments, you're not like, oh, no, what do we do now? What I want your heart to be able to do is go, ah, I remember. We, we prepared for this as a church family. And here's how we respond to the need around us. Here's how we live generous lives. And so we're going to take some time over these weeks and process through this series. It was actually a series d developed by a pastor that I have deep respect for. His name is Pastor Robert Morris. He pastors down in Texas at a great church called Gateway, and he has, has really spoken into this place of generosity, of what it means to be the church, the body of Christ, and, and the way that we love one another and the way that we love our community. And so we're going we're gonna to prepare for that well, just like we did last, the last three weeks, brought in Ben to kind of communicate with us about mental health. We're going we're gonna to learn from some of our pastoral team. We're going to learn through some teaching from Pastor Robert Morris. And we are going to prepare ourselves to, to, to a greater degree to be a more generous people. How many of you think we can do that and do that well? You didn't raise your hands, or very few of you did. And here's, here's, here's what I want to challenge you in. You're already generous. You're already generous. And I would say this to you. You're already loving and you're already kind. But how many of you know that we all have growth to do in those spaces of our life too? And so this series is really a strengthening space for us as opposed to, to one where, where I'm here going, okay, you're not generous, get it figured out. You guys with me? This is more of an invitation to, hey, God, what more might you do in the days ahead through our life as we understand more greatly how generous our God is to us and how we can be generous to one another? So we're going to take some time and do that. I just want to give you a couple things. So oftentimes we do this at the end of a message. I want to do it on the front end because I want to speak to your generosity already as a church family. I want to speak to the way that you already demonstrate 
great generosity and love towards people. There's been some things that we've gotten to be a part of as a church family over about the last six to eight months that probably many of you don't even know about. It's part of just the generosity and benevolence that we do as a church family from your giving into our community. And one of those things was we got to sponsor Pastor Bob Sorge, who is a great friend of ours here at River Valley. Um, he lives in Kansas City, and God has used him extraordinarily all over the world to communicate God's love and His grace. How many of you guys remember Bob? Okay. He has been a great friend of our church. Just this last year, he was invited to go into the border areas around the Ukraine and begin to speak to and pray for and minister to the churches who have been processing through a very difficult time. Amen? And so we as a church family paid for his trip, his flight to go over and to be with this community of believers so that he had an opportunity to speak life into their heart. Church, you invested in that. Come on, somebody should be clapping on that. That's a good thing. We as a church family got to support a pastor, a friend of mine here in the Treasure Valley, whose um, his wife's dad passed away up in Canada. They weren't sure if or how they were going to be able to go and be a part of that. And we as a church family gave into their travel so that their whole family could go up and be a part of the funeral and celebrate the life of this man with their family. And you, church, gave into that. This is where you should clap. Come on now. More locally here, just over the past, I think it was three weeks ago, a group of pastors from around the valley, we have a little text group that we're a part of, found out that there was some some Afghani Christians who were fleeing Afghanistan because of the persecution that's going on there. Um, and they were actually leaving because their lives were being threatened and were brought to the United States right here into the Treasure Valley. And so we as a church family got to help them get here and be established in some homes around the family. There was, I believe there are six families um, that are now relocated here, Christian families. And here's the beautiful part about these families. This is what I love about this people. They are so thankful to be here and to be safe, but you know what they want to do? They want to go back to Afghanistan with the gospel to preach to their people. And when there's an opportunity and a space for them to be able to do it, they're going to. But we as a church family got to help them feel welcomed into the United States and into our community. And they have homes now to be in. They have furnishings. They have food and all of that because we as a church family and really the church of the Treasure Valley gave funds and resources into that place. How many of you guys think that's a pretty amazing thing? Come on now. And there's tons of other spaces that I could speak to your and, and this church's generosity into our community. And so, again, when I, when I speak into what I'm speaking into today, I want to just invite you into a space of growth for our lives. I want you to be able to take a moment and look into our lives. And as we go over these next five weeks, we want to be a people that not only demonstrate generosity, but generosity is, is one of the hallmarks of who we are as a church family and how we love one another. And so I want to speak into this today, and I want to answer a question that might be in your mind, um, but I want to speak right to the heart of this as we explore the Word of God together and we grow in the things that He has for us. And so here's the question I want us to answer today. Why is generosity important to you? Now, I know that feels a little bit myopic because the very point of generosity is that it's not about you. Anybody with me this morning? The very point of generosity is it's not about you. But, but I want to ask this question because I want it to be resonating in your heart and mind as we go through some scripture today and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us about this beautiful place of generosity. I want you to be able to answer this question by the end of the day. Why is it important? Why is generosity important 
to me. And now I want to give you um, a very simple but profound statement here that will help guide our conversation as we get into today. And this is it right here. Generosity is one of the defining characteristic traits of God. I want you to think about that for a moment. When we think about God, and there's, there's so many beautiful attributes to who He is, but one of the defining traits about His character is that He is generous. And here's what I want to just imprint upon us. If God is our Father, which He is, and He is the one that we are a part of His family and learning from, then how many of you know that His kids are generous too? Because it's something that we learn from our Father. And, and I want to take us to a passage of Scripture that oftentimes can be overused and, and underclarified. And I want to just take us to a place of Scripture here that most of you probably will not even need to turn to. I want to take us to John 3.16. It's a passage of Scripture that we see announced at football games and all over the place. But I want us, I want us to really think about the words that are in this passage of Scripture. And here's what it says. I'm reading now the New Living Translation. It says, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. I want to speak this over us this morning. The love of God drove him to be generous. The love of God moved him to give. And as we think about that in relationship, yes, to this beautiful gift of salvation that we have, here's what I want to remind you, that God not only gave His Son that you could have salvation, but He gave Him that you could have life. Life. This place in God where we understand our purpose and the things that He's called us to, and it sets us into such a beautiful rhythm in our life. So if God is a generous God, then we want to be a generous People. John 13, 34 says it like this, and this is Jesus speaking to the disciples and really giving them this new commission. It says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. I just want to remind us here, Jesus didn't say, I am now giving you a new alternative, option. No. He said, I'm giving you a commandment. How many of you know when Jesus says he's giving you a commandment, we should pay attention in that moment? Amen. And here's what he says, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Reminder, Jesus is speaking to disciples here, and he's teaching them about how they're to walk in relationship with one another. Love each other. It's a new commandment that I've given you. And he's making it crystal clear. And then he goes on to say, your love for one another will prove. Everybody say prove. Let's try that again. Say prove. Okay will prove to the world that you are my disciples. What is the defining characteristic that Jesus is saying right here, will prove to the world? These are people that are far from God, that don't know about Him. What is Jesus saying the defining characteristic is going to be that they're going to look at your life and go, aha, you're one of those Jesus followers. What is it? Love. The way that we love each other, the way that we care for one another, the way that we show patience and kindness, the way that we come alongside, this is what Jesus was saying, hey, listen, 
If the world is ever going to see something different, they're going to see it through you, and they're going to see it through your love and care for one another. You guys with me today? It's the fourth time I've said that, and I feel like it's just because we're all a little sleepy this morning. The Jesus way isn't just to talk about love. It's to demonstrate it in our relationships with one another. The Jesus way is not to say, raise the banner of love up and, oh, we are a loving people. The Jesus way is to close your mouth and put that into action in our relationships with one another. That's what Jesus is saying. Defines the church, defines the body of Christ, defines a follower of Jesus. If somebody tells you, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, the next thing that should come out of our mouth should be prove it. Prove it. Don't tell me that you're a follower of Jesus. Show me that you're a follower of Jesus. And Jesus says the way that we do that is how we love one another, how we walk with one another, how we journey with one another. This is not a one-way street. It's a, it's, a, it's a constant action that is taking an ebb and a flow from our life. And here's the beautiful thing. The early church understood this. In fact, the early church was taught it in some really beautiful and profound ways. And here's what I just want to say. The Church of America, us, those that are gathered here at River Valley and all over the Treasure Valley, we need the Spirit of God to come and to teach us how to do this to a greater degree. Amen? And that's why we're teaching on it. That's why we're taking time to dig into it. Philippians chapter 2, many of you know this passage as well. Philippians chapter 2, we talked about it this summer in our Philippians series. Verse 3 says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in in others too. This is a, a clarification, a picture of what loves to look like. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says it this way, therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, you should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. There's this emphasis that both Jesus and the early apostles put on how we interact with each other in our lives. How we walk with one another in relationship. How we slow down the pace and rhythm of life and we look to the needs of one another and we feel and experience the love of God through each other's lives. This is why God never told us, hey, once you find Christ as your Savior in your life, you just go live life in the mountains on your own because you found it all. No, no, no. He said, hey, now what you need to do is learn how to be a part of the family of God. And he draws us together in community. And, and almost the entirety of the New Testament is teaching us how to fix our eyes on Jesus and to walk in relationship with one another. How to journey together in this space of life. How to love well. And I love the emphasis that the, the writers of the New Testament put on this place of especially when it comes to the family of God. When we think about relationship with one another, are we drawn to care and love one another the same way Jesus loves the church? That's the invitation. 1 John 3.17 says it like this. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister, notice not a foreigner or a stranger, a brother or a sister in need, 
but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? That's a really good question. That's one for us to think through. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our what? Actions. And can I just tell you, this is one of the things I love about our River Valley Church family. I hear about it all the time. Somebody goes in for surgery, something's going on with a family, and people rush to the aid of those folks, bringing meals, taking care of them, showing the love of God. And here's what I want to just invite us to. Don't get weary in well-doing, church. Let's be a generous people. In fact, let's find new and crazy and exciting ways to love each other well. Why? Why? Why are we doing this? So we can pat ourselves on the back and say that we're a good church? No, because we want to live out exactly what Jesus said. The world's going to know that you're my disciples by your love for each other. By your love for each other. So when we had the opportunity to take a meal to somebody in our church family, how many of you know that when your neighbor hears about it, they're going, that's different? Emily and I just experienced this a a couple weeks ago. She was at work. My wife's a nurse. And... and, uh, we were just talking about getting to take a meal to a family. And, and when we did that, Emily's coworkers were like, you're doing what? She said, we're just, we're taking a meal to, do you even know these people? No, we, we just met them for the first time, blah, blah, blah. Well, why are you doing that? How many of you know that's a wide open door for the gospel to be presented into somebody's life? Why? Because that's weird, people. I'm being serious. How many of your neighbors who are not a part of the body of Christ have people bringing them meals when something goes bad at their house? Probably none. How many of your friends have people that are, that are coming over to their house when your family is in, in a time of need and helping out around the house and cleaning things up or, or helping provide resource? That's one of the beautiful and unique things that's supposed to be a hallmark about the body of Christ is that we care for one another in some really incredible ways. And the world, the people around us go, that's weird, but I like that. That's, that's something different. You guys with me this morning? That's the fifth time. I want our hearts to be reminded of how unique and beautiful God has created his family to be. And that you and I were invited to be a part of that and not only be a part of it, but to be contributors to it. When we think about this, that there's, there's the scriptures that I've read to you are but a sliver of what is out there about this space of how we show love one to another. How we care for one another. Not only that, but how much of a testimony it is to the world that is around us. The primary distinguishing factor of being a follower of Jesus is how we show love to each other. I want you to think about that in your life. I want you to think about that in your schedule and your time, finances and resources. How are we showing love to one another in such a way that the people around us in our life are going, man, I, I need a little bit of that. I need a little bit of that. Love teaches us to be generous and thoughtful towards each other. It's the tangible expression of love that is generosity. When we think about it in our lives, 
And, in, and when we think about what we've experienced in our journey of faith and what many of us have experienced just in community and life together, there has been time and time and time again where our family, and I would say the families in this place, have experienced the generosity of God in their life through the people that are sitting in this room right now. Church, that's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. That's one of your greatest tests. You can go stand on a street corner with your Bible in your hand and scream at people that Jesus is coming and that they need to repent and turn. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. People need to hear that message. But can I tell you, they hear it differently when your life is showing love to the people that are around you. And they see that in you and, and are reminded, man, that's, that, that's a void that I have in my life. I don't have, it draws people into the heart of the Father and His love for them. Here's what I don't need to remind you, but I'm going to anyways. We live in very uncertain times. The stuff that's going on around us in our world, and I just, I just want to be honest about this, how we're living here in the Treasure Valley is very different than how most people are experiencing life right now in the world that we live in. And I don't care what nation you're talking about. I don't even care if you're talking about the United States of America. Most cities and places are not enjoying the comforts that we have here in the Treasure Valley. They're experiencing life and the stress of it in a very different way. Economies are struggling. People are, are experiencing persecution all over the world in unprecedented fashions today. And quite frankly, most of us, and, and this is why this is a hard message for me to convey into our hearts, is most of us are sitting here enjoying an air-conditioned building and great friends around us and are thinking about where are we going to go have lunch after service today. Not that any of those things are bad. But it's just hard for us to recognize that in, in many places around our country and around our world, people are experiencing an extraordinary level of hardship. And the only thing that is shining light into those spaces is the church being the church, showing kindness and generosity. And here's what I, I can't help but to expect is that in our community and our culture, in the, the Treasure Valley, at some point in time, we're, it's going to catch up with us here too. And we're going to experience this place of need, and we're going to experience the gap that is in that place. And the church has an incredible, and I say the church, I want to say us, River Valley, we have an incredible opportunity to be generous people in difficult times. Here's the reality of it, though. If we don't prepare for that, we will miss the opportunity. We'll be like the lady changing our tire out in the middle of the rain going, why did I not learn how to do this when times were nice and comfortable? Church, we've got to be a people that, that look around and see the reality of what's going on in the world that we're in, and we begin to position ourselves in such a way that generosity is not something we have to conjure up. It's just a natural outflow of our lives. It comes very naturally. Why? Because we've practiced it a lot. Because we've done it a lot. It just comes out of our natural, everyday living. I just can't help but to believe that in our community and in the spheres of influence that God's put you in, and in our church family right here, that we're going to have greater opportunity to demonstrate what the gospel is all about through the space of generosity in the days to come. And so I want to invite you into a place here of preparation for that. I want you to be thinking about that in your life, in your family. How can we open our hearts 
to one another in a greater degree? How can we prepare ourselves for that? You know, prior to full-time ministry, I was a, a paramedic for uh, almost 18 years of my life. And uh, there was some preparation that went into that space. Had a lot of schooling and training, and uh, we had these things called skills lab and continuing education and all this stuff that we had to do to prepare to use life-saving skills for people when their lives were in a really bad situation. And there's, there's kind of an approach that you can take to that space of training and life, right? Um, as a paramedic, I could have been like, you know, down the road of my life, I'm probably going to go on a car accident or I'm going to go to some places where people are going to need some help. And, and you know, I, I, I have access to Google, so I can probably just bring that up on my phone in the moment and I can, I can offer them the best of my ability in that space. How many of you know that would be very poor preparation for a need? You guys are like, yeah, that's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. But here's the challenge with Christianity. A lot of us approach Christianity in the same way. And I said this at the beginning. Oh, I will learn how to be, ge- or I'll be generous. I'll be so kind. I'll be- when I have a little bit more money. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get involved in that community event that's serving our neighborhood next time. Instead of going, wait a minute. This moment and opportunity that's in front of me right now to be generous is preparing me to be able to meet the greater need down the road. Nobody, none of you would have wanted me to be your paramedic if my plan for preparation was to learn in the moment. Anybody want to sign up for that? As a paramedic, we had incredible skills that we got to do. We got to start IVs on people and give medications to them. We got to spark people, shock people with the little little pad. Tell me if you guys want to try that out. It's really fun. Come on. We got to do these other advanced skills like putting chest tubes in people that in a car accident, one of their their, uh, lungs collapsed. And so what we've got to do is we've got to create a space in there where we put a tube into their lung cavity space to get rid of the, the air or the blood that is pressing down in their lungs so they can breathe. How many of you know breathing is a pretty important part of life? Yeah. And so that skill is one of those things that you don't want to be learning in the moment. In fact, I, I had one of these in my truck, and I thought I'd bring it in. This right here is exactly that thing. This is a chest tube that we spent months and months and months learning how to cram this into your fifth intercostal space, mid-axillary line, so that we could open up your airway and you could breathe again. It takes some skill. It takes some practice. And how many of you know the first time you do that, you don't want it to be when somebody's life is at risk? And so, church, I know this seems a little bit dramatic, but what I want to challenge you in this morning is generosity is something that we're learning every day of our life. It's a skill that we're practicing in our families. It's a skill that we're practicing in our community It's a skill that you're learning how to get more and more and more comfortable with so that when the big thing hits, you can step into that moment and go, don't worry, I've done this a thousand times, we're good to go. When I first learned the skill of putting a chest tube into a human being, in my mind, I'm like, this is a bad idea. You can't let me do this. 
right? Like I had all of these thoughts going, and as I started to learn the skill, I'm like, oh, this is even crazier because there's all kinds of potential for you doing other damage if you don't know what you're doing. But as I can tell you over my life, my journey as a paramedic, as I practiced and I practiced and I practiced, and then I had my first field experience of sticking a chest tube in some, we flew in a helicopter out to a scene, a horrific car accident, two people that were, were traumatically injured in their life, and one of them had a flail chest, and we had to get a chest tube in. Can I tell you in that moment, I was a little nervous, yes, but there was something about the preparation that put me in a position to be able to go, I've got this. We can do it. And that is what I want you to feel like every time an opportunity for generosity comes to you, even in a bad situation, even when you don't feel like you've got all the resources that you need. I want you to be able to go back to the practice and the preparation of being generous that you've done over and over and over and over again. So when that moment comes for you and that big space of generosity opens up in your life, that you're able to step onto that scene and be the person who can bring help in the moment. Can I tell you this morning that generosity doesn't always come from your surplus Sometimes generosity comes from your place of need as well. But because you've prepared, you are ready for that moment. And that's what this next five weeks is going to be for us as a church family, a place of preparation. By the time we're done with this generosity journey, you're going to know how to stick a chest tube in somebody. I'm kidding. You're not. We're not doing that. There's all kinds of malpractice and stuff that would go in. But here's what I do want you to do. I want you to leave this next five weeks going, we are looking for every opportunity to be a generous people. Why? Because it's the greatest opportunity that we have to preach the gospel through our lives. And the world that we live in is in some desperate need of people who know how to love well. And so, church, that's what we're doing. We're going to go on a journey over these next five weeks of exploring this place of generosity, and we're going to give you some skills, and we're going to ask some hard questions of ourselves, and we're going to dig into Scripture, and we're going to allow the Spirit of God to prepare us to be a greater generous people in the world that we live in today. And here's what I know is going to come out of that, an incredible place of joy and confidence for us as a church family to be what Jesus has called us to be lights in the world that we live in today. And here's the beauty of generosity. Generosity crosses cultural lines. It crosses ethnic lines. It crosses financial barriers. It goes into other countries. It goes into the places of need in our own community. And it just shows up and says, let me show you the love of God. And that's who we want to be. Amen? Amen. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to pray over you just a heart of preparation as we get ready for this season that's ahead of us. And we do this every week at the end of our services. We take a few minutes to just be in conversation with the people that are around us. And we're going to throw a question up on the screen here this morning that will actually get you thinking a little bit about the New Testament and what we saw in the early church. Uh, But I want to pray over us today that as we head into this season, and, and I mean this genuinely, our eldership and our pastoral team really feels like this is a pivotal time for us as a church in preparation for some stuff that's, that's coming down the pipe. And so I want to invite you to come and prepare well. It's warm. It's dry. It's a nice day. Learn how to change the tire. Amen? So that when the trouble hits, you're ready for it. 
Father, we thank you so much for just your incredible word, God. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you didn't give us your word just to rescue us out of difficulty. You gave it to us to prepare to be an answer in a season of need. And Lord, today as we sit here together as a church family and as we prepare to go through this blessed life series, God, Lord, we pray first and foremost that our hearts would be fertile soil, God, for the truth of your word to be deposited in, and Lord, for there to be a harvest that comes out of it. Lord, we don't want to just be a people that are thankful that we have a safe, warm place to gather together, but Lord, we want to be a people that are affecting change throughout the world, Lord, because of your great gift of grace to us. And Lord, you have been so generous and so kind, and God, I pray that you would teach us, God, in this season of time together, how to be a generous people, God, with our time, talent, and treasure. God, everything that you've given us in our life, it all belongs to you anyways. So, Lord, would you just teach us how to be generous and to steward it well? And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would have ears to hear and hearts to respond. Lord, that we would be good students over this next five to six weeks, Lord, to learn and to grow, God, in this place of generosity. And, Lord, we know that from it, God, in our preparation, Lord, you're going to give us incredible opportunity, God, to demonstrate your love to the world that we're in. God, we thank you for this time. Lord, I'm just so grateful for your presence with us today and for the truth of your word, Lord, that's being revealed in our hearts. Now, Lord, as we spend time together in discussion, Lord, may we learn from one another. Lord, may we grow in our love for you and each other, God, as we spend time discussing your word in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.